Amen. Praise the Lord. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Chronicles chapter number 12. It's been an absolute joy and privilege to be in your church today and to celebrate your 91st anniversary. So as we look to the future for the next 91 years, boy, you just wonder if we've got 91 days. Amen. Man, I think we're going to hear that trumpet really soon. But be that as it may, Probably the greatest thing that concerns me about the church in the future is the area of discernment. You know, it does not bother me that a natural man, unregenerate, unsaved individual does not know how to navigate life. They are blind. They cannot see. It doesn't, you know, you get upset with some of the philosophies and some of the ideology you hear, but then you think, wait a second. These are natural people. They, they're the natural man. They're unsaved. They're unregenerate. They don't have the Holy Spirit. So Jim, they can't discern properly. What bothers me is the church. It is amazing to me. I've been in ministry for 44 years. And it is unbelievable how people look at issues and how they make their decision and the way that they see issues. How could you have drifted so far from scriptural principles? Do you not understand what the Bible says? And you know what? They don't. Tonight's message I've entitled Developing Discernment. And I will tell you, I pray that the music ministry of Bethel Baptist Church never deviates from what you're doing right now. I really do. But I'm going to tell you, whether or not this church does anything for Christ in the days and years ahead is going to be determined on the way that you see issues and the way that you see life and the way that you discern from the pews. It isn't just going to be the pastor. You have to develop discernment. I look around and there's a lot of young people in this room tonight. Young people, I don't know of anything that is more important for you than to begin to develop discernment. And I'm going to tell you something. You know, many of you young people are really upset with your parents' restrictions. And I'll tell you why. They don't trust you. And it isn't that they don't love you. They love you with everything they've got. But they don't trust you. And I'll tell you what they don't trust you about. The way that you see things in the way that you discern. So I want to tell you tonight, if you get a hold of my message tonight and you develop discernment, it'll be amazing the privileges, mom and dad. And I'm being honest. We, we did everything in our family. Responsibility, privilege. If you don't do the responsibility, you don't get the privilege. And, and I have found as my sons have done their responsibilities, the way that they see things, then I can go like, you know what? You can stay out later. You can have the car because I can see the discernment in you. So every one of us need to develop discernment. And boy, is there a cool group of people in First Chronicles chapter number 12. I, I would imagine you have come across this verse before. But uh, by the way, when you're reading through the Bible, when you come to First Chronicles, man, those first 12 chapters are tough. Outside of a guy named Jabez, there just ain't much going on in those first 11 chapters at all. But uh, chapter 12 comes, and something's really great that just marvelous said about the children of Issachar. And I want you to see this. First Chronicles chapter 12 
And verse number 32, let's do something tonight. I don't normally do this, but I just think we all need it. Would you all stand for the reading of this verse? And then I'm just going to have a short word of prayer, and I'm going to pray that we develop discernment tonight. We're going to look at three things tonight. We're going to look at spiritual discernment defined. We've got to have a definition of discernment. We've got to have that. Then number two, spiritual discernment desired. You're going to love that point. I'm telling you, you are gonna, you're going to learn something in that point. We're going to learn a little Hebrew tonight. You're going to learn something in that point that you're going to go like, wow, that was really, that's the jewel of the night. And then number three, spiritual discernment de- developed. And we're going to give you three steps on how everybody in this room can develop biblical discernment. So let's look at First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And I think I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to read it once, and then we're going to read it all together. And then we're going to have a prayer of for discernment in our lives. Let me read it out loud once. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, what was going on in their world right then, to know what Israel ought to do. They understood the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. Now look at this. The heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. Why? Because they had discernment. Man, I'm going to tell you, fathers, you need to get a hold of this. You wonder why my kids aren't following me. That's because you're not living and you're not guiding your family with discernment. All right, so here we go. First Chronicles 12, 32. We're going to read it out loud. We're going to have a word of prayer and we're going to learn how to develop discernment. Let's do it all together. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. Bethel Baptist together. And of which were men of the times to know what Israel the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. Father, I pray that we'll have children of Issachar tonight at Bethel Baptist for the rest of their lives. Lord, it's simple, but I believe it's, it's very important. Lord, I look out and I see these young people here, and I pray, Father, I don't know if they've ever heard a message on discernment before. Well, Father, may they be doers and not just hearers of a message on, on discernment. Father, I pray some grandparents would get a hold of this. Because they are not discerning what they should be doing with their grandkids, right? And Lord, I pray some moms and dads will really take hold of the truths that are given from your word tonight and begin to understand and see things biblically. Father, give us a biblical worldview. Issachar had it. They didn't even have the Holy Spirit. Father, give us biblical discernment. And I pray, Father, that we would be convicted, we would be challenged, and there would be a comfort to know that we can look at things the way that you see them. And so, Lord, I dedicate the message to you. And Lord, I really think the seed is good. I pray that I believe that the sower is right with you. My greatest burden tonight is the soil. Lord, I think the seed is good tonight. May the seed fall on good soil. And may we get a discerning church and discerning believers. We pray these things in the only name that matters and in the only name that can do it. Thank you for all we've already heard tonight. And oh, 
boy, have we heard good music tonight. That our hearts, the soil should be prepared for seed tonight after that song service. So Lord, in Jesus' name, may we be doers of what we hear. And God's people said, Amen. you may be seated. Number one, spiritual discernment defined. Now, one thing about Shepler, if you, if you hear me very often, you will always hear me define words. I'm a huge definer of words. I believe that the highest level of psychological warfare is a confusion of terms. If I'm talking about something and I'm using the same word that you are, but you have a different definition for it, buddy, we are not communicating. Definitions of words is where Satan is attacking today. And if he can get different definitions for word, hey, in our country, in America, we don't know how to define woman. We don't even know. Now think about that. I'm 66. It never in my life, if you would have told me when I was 15, you know, when you get to be 66, your country will not know how to define woman. I would have laughed. I would have said, oh, come on. Everyone knows how, what a woman is. Yeah, we don't know now. And that's because we've changed the terms. We've changed our definitions. And that's true just about in every area. Every ideology takes their words and they put a different definition for it. So what does spiritual discernment define? We got to get a definition. Here's a good one. You ready? The divine skill of separating God's ways from man's ways. What is discernment? It is the divine skill of being able to separate this is God's way and this is man's way. People are not being able to separate things. That's why everything is gray today. There is no distinctions today. There's no right and wrong. There's no male and female. Females are acting like males. Males are acting like female. There's no distinction in anything. By the way, I'm thankful that your music is distinctly Christian. And that's a good thing. Because there's so much music today that's just kind of like, well, I don't know what that was. And we need that distinction. Now listen to that definition. We're going to all say it out loud together. The divine skill. And we'll talk about that in a minute because it's a divine skill. The, and it's skill. Discernment is not for novices. Discernment is, takes a skill. It is the divine skill of separating. You're in an issue. You're dealing with some issue in your life that the Bible is not absolutely clear about. And you're trying to separate, okay, well, what is God thinking about this? What is God's way? And what is man's way? And I've got to decipher between both of those. So everyone together, what is spiritual discernment? Help me out. The divine skill of separating God's ways from man's ways. You know what? In a way, it's, it's living by absolutes of right and wrong. Um, my oldest son, Ben, is an apologist. And he's doing a lot of resources. And one of the most interesting things that he does, he keeps going back to New York City and he interviews people. And he just, he just talks to them. You know, you just say, do you believe that there's an absolute right? And, and he's had people say this. He's had people say this. He said, I absolutely believe that there's no absolute right. Well, well, that would be an absolute then, would it not? 
I don't I just find that just to be interesting. And then, you know, he'll ask them, like, what about what? Well, everyone has a, a choice and everyone can pick their own. I, what about rape? Do you ever believe that rape could be right? And some of the people will say, well, maybe to the rapist, it could be right at a certain point. And I'm going, it, it, it's, it's so sad. But it's, it's unbelievable. There's no absolutes. But when you have a discernment, you're able to live by, this is absolutely wrong. This is absolutely right. This is what we live by. It isn't, everything isn't relevant or, you know, relative. There is absolutes. And that's what the divine skill of separating God's will from man's will. Well, Brother Scheller, we need some more scripture. Well, I got it. Everybody, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And let's look at this. We're under right now the spiritual discernment defined. So what is this divine skill of separating God's ways from man's ways? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to see verse number 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Yeah, there you go, Brother Schindler, right there, man. You, you, can't, you can't know all. Read the next verse. But God hath revealed them unto us by his, everyone together, what's the next word? His spirit. Discernment can only be had by a divine source. There has to be a divine source to know God's way from man's way. There has to be a divine source. Now, we have special revelation in God's word, and that's a great thing. Look what it says. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. With the spirit of God, you can take any situation and be able to separate it between God's way and man's way. Hey, you got to go look at this. Look down to verse 14. Now, in contrast, but the natural man, that is the unsaved, the unregenerate man. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Look at this. You know, sometimes we, we watch television, we watch the news, and we say, that is so foolish. How could anyone think that? Do you understand that they think that of us? Did they? Do you, I don't know if you understand that, believers. Because I, I, you go, oh, no, we're not foolish in what we believe. The world thinks you're foolish. I'll tell you right now. The world thinks you're foolish in being in church on a Sunday night. I'm telling you right now. You talk to anyone that's unregenerate or unsafe, you, you, got, you, go to, well, you go to church once a week, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't go, well, I go Sunday night and Wednesday night. Why do you waste your time doing that? By the way, and what are they home doing right now? You know, you think about that. But see, they look at you. I want you to know that the way that you perceive life in a womb, they call that foolish. That, that, that when there's an issue, the natural man thinks the way that you think biblically, they think you're foolish. Now, you know, I have the hardest time believing that until you start talking to people. And they, they, I've had people snicker at what I believe. And I'm going like, man, what I'm believing is really good. You don't, you don't, and by the way, the idea and the concept of eternity, 
That's foolishness to them. All they have is today. That's the way that they look at life. Listen to that verse. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. It is impossible for the natural man to know the things of God because they are, everyone together, next two words, because they are what? Spiritually discerned. Now the next verse we're going to have some fun with. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged by no man. Brother Shetler, when Jesus was giving the Sermon on the Mount, didn't he say something about that we're not supposed to judge others? Yeah, well maybe you need to look back at Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, 2, and 3 again. Because let me tell you what it says. It says, judge not lest ye be judged. And it continues on, it says, don't judge your brother until you've taken the beam out of your eye. And once you take the beam out of your eye, then you can see the speck that's in your brother's eye. The Bible, if you read it in its context, it doesn't say that we don't judge other people. It says don't be judging people when you got flat sin in your life. You get it taken care of your life and then you go and you help a brother see the light in that issue. You help a sister say, hey, you're doing wrong. You know the reason why we don't confront other people is because of the stinking sin in our life. And, we, and we're going to play it really easy and we're going to be accepting and tolerant to anybody because we got sin in our life. So if we're going to point the finger at somebody, we know we got all these fingers pointed back at us. The Bible doesn't say that we're not supposed to judge. We're not supposed to judge when we got a beam in our eye. But you get right with God and then you can see clearly discernment to help the brother get the speck out of their eye. Let me tell you something. Now, I'm going to tell you tonight exactly what you cannot judge. There is one thing you cannot judge. The Bible says you can judge all things. Whoa. We can look. Okay, listen. I teach and I preach to teenagers all year long. Last year, I believe in the last 365 days that I have preached to over 14,000 teenagers in the last 365 days. I think it's over, over 15,000. But I'll be on the conservative side, 14,000 teenagers. I want to tell you something. I judge them up and down all around. I go to a camp on a Monday afternoon. I get there early before the camp starts on Monday night. And you know why I get there? I'm just watching. And it's really cool because Monday they don't know who I am. They haven't heard me preach yet. So I'm just watching. So they're not trying to put anything on with me or anything because they don't know who I am. They just, I got this old fat white guy is all I am, you know. And so I walk around. I look at their t-shirts. I look at their hairstyles. I look at the color of their hair. I look at what they got hanging out of their, out of their nose. I'm watching. I look and see if they got tattoos. I'm watching. I'm watching what kind of shoes they got on. Brother Scheller, I had no clue that you were that judgmental. Hey, hold on. I just hold on for just a minute. I am absolutely sizing them up. I will tell you this. I can look at a teenager and go, bitter. Oh, Yeah. It's just, I can look at a teenager and go, rebellion. 
I, I mean, you could just see it. Brother Scheller, I just can't believe you're so judgmental. Now listen to me. I can absolutely, I can spend five minutes with a teenager and I can tell you very much where they are spiritually. Let me tell you what I cannot judge. I cannot judge their motive. I do not know why they're wearing that t-shirt. I do not know why they have the bitterness. But I can absolutely judge the bitterness. I mean, that young person is struggling. I was the dean of students for five years at West Coast Baptist College. You can't have a position like that and not judge. But what I cannot judge, that sophomore is not right with God right now. I don't know why. And I cannot judge their motive of how they got there, but I can tell you where they're at is not good. Are you all with me? This is really, really important to understand. The Bible says, ye which are spiritual judgeth all things. We got to be start. We're so like, well, we Canadians don't do this, Brother Shuttler. Well, let me tell you, we Christians do. And I go, no, 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 no. We got to be tolerant. No, wait a second. I've given my life for those teenagers. Don't you tell me how much I love those teenagers. Man, I'll be going on hikes with them. I'll be going in the swimming hole with them. I'll be eating with them. I'll have counselors say at the end of the week, Brother Shetler, we never have a speaker that does more with the teenagers than you do. So don't be telling me I don't love those kids. But there's no way I can minister to them until I have discerned where they are spiritually. It is imperative that I judge them. I don't know why they got there. I don't know that they come from a broken home. I don't know what in the world their perverted uncle did to them. I don't know all that stuff. But I can tell you that girl is struggling right now with bitterness. I can see it in her spirit, the way that she won't get involved with any games, the way she isolates herself. I can look at her arms and see marks, and I can tell you that girl's doing self-harm. That girl is doing self-harm to herself. I don't know why she's doing that, but I can judge that. I can see that. And I'm telling you something. We're just living our Christian lives like this. And we don't, we don't look at other people's lives. We don't, well, the Bible says, ye which are spiritual judges all, all things. And we've got to have discernment. We've got to start seeing this. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes in. Look, at, it's not over yet. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. Look at verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We do have the mind of Christ. We are able to judge these things. Spiritual discernment defined. The divine skill, it's got to be from the Holy Spirit the divine skill of separating God's ways from man's ways. This discernment is spiritually and divinely given. And you ask God, look at this, look at these verses are just amazing. I do not agree with this man in, in some areas, most areas I do. But he's a Christian psychologist 
I will tell you, I love one of the statements he says. He says, if you're going to be a Christian college, uh, counselor, the best degree you ought to get is a Bible degree. I love that statement. I, did, I teach introduction to biblical counseling, and that's one of the very first statements. I said, Dr. J. Adams says that if you're going to be a biblical counselor, the best degree you can ever get is a Bible degree. And I just love that. I think that's so good. But he said a statement that I'm gonna, I think they're going to put up on the wall. I just love, this, is Christ, this is our Christianity in America. I don't know what to say about Canada. This is our Christianity in America. Listen to this. The key desire in Christianity today is not to distinguish between God's way and the world's way, but to find agreement. That's powerful. The average Christian in an independent fundamental Baptist church today, this is them right there. They are not looking to find God's way and man's way. They're trying to figure out how to be in agreement with the world. And I'm going to tell you something. You will become dulled in your discernment if this is the way you live. If you're constantly trying to figure out how can we agree with the world, you're in sad shape for discernment. Because the key desire in Christianity today is not to distinguish God's way from man's way. It's to find agreement. Boy, I'm telling you, that was a powerful statement. Number two, this is the one I think you're going to love. Brother Shiller, I did not like your point number one. I know, I know, I know. Let's go to two. Number two, spiritual discernment desired. So, I know you're not the best ones on yelling out and screaming out, but I'm going to ask you to do something for me. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. Now, there is the third king of Israel. His name is Solomon, and he's following the greatest king Israel ever had until Jesus comes and reigns. His name was King David, and Solomon is his son. And Solomon goes like, whoa, man, how do you follow dad? I mean, dad was the greatest king in the world, man. He was a warrior. He was, it was everything, man. I mean, David was just the man. And so Solomon makes a thousand sacrifices to God, and God's pleased. And God, kind of this genie in the bottle thing, God says, your wish is my command. Basically, God comes to, to Solomon and says, Solomon, Whatever you want, I will give it to you. Everybody in this room, I want you to say, I'll give you a countdown, and I want you to loudly say what Solomon asked for. Are we getting set up, Brother Shetler? Yes, you're getting set up. So here we go. Everyone together, Solomon's got one thing to request. Everyone together, what does Solomon ask for? Everyone together. Wisdom. Wisdom. What'd you say? No, 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 no. I'm very interested. I like you. Oh, okay, okay. Well, now, everyone together, what did Solomon ask for? Wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah, no, he didn't ask that. That's not what he asked for. Oh, Brother Sheldon, no, he asked for, well, let's see. Let's see what the Bible says. That's not what he asked for. Guys, this is why you came tonight. This is a jewel. First Kings chapter 3. Uh, look at uh, verse 3. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father, only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. Then look at verse 5. 
In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, hey, Solomon, ask what I shall give thee. Wow. I mean, man, that's it, man. Ask what I shall give you. Now listen to this. Verse 8 is a really good verse on human. Hey, and thy servant in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Listen, man, I don't know how to go in. And I, verse 7, I, I, I'm just like a little child. I, I don't know how to go out. I don't know how to come in. I, I don't know how to be a king. So here's what he says. Help me out. Give therefore thy servant and everyone together. What's the next word? Understanding heart. Wow, Brother Settler, a little somatic difference. Oh, wait till you find out. Understanding heart to judge thy people. That I may, look at this, discern between, oh, here's our definition. That I may discern between good and bad. Give me an understanding heart that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people. I got to have an understanding heart. Well, Brother Scheller, we said wisdom. Bible says understanding heart. Okay, whatever you want to go with. No, no, no. Let me tell you what that word understanding is. Does anyone know the highest, holiest passage of Scripture in the Torah to a Jew? What's it called? Does anyone know? It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. The what? No, the Mishnah is the law complete. There is a portion of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. And it's called something. And if you're Jewish, when you're a little, little, little bambino Jewish boy or a little, little Jewish girl, this is the first passage of scripture in the Torah that every Jew learns and memorizes. It is called the Shema. It is called the Shema. Everyone together, it's called the Shema. Shema. Look at the person next to you that you came with tonight and say Shema. Shema, 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 Shema. Okay? All right? Here's what the word means. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. And then you're supposed to love him with all your heart, your soul, and whatever. The word here, help me out, the word here is the Hebrew word Shema. This is so cool. You know what Solomon asked for? Well, okay, understanding heart. Yeah, let me give you the Hebrew word. Solomon said, God, if you give me one thing, this is what I want. I want a Shema heart. You look up the word understanding, it's 8085 in Strong's Concordance. Look it up. Understanding, 8085. It is the word Shema. This is what Solomon asked for. Now, everybody hear this. Solomon said, God, if I don't know how to go out, I don't know how to come in. I'm like a little child. I do not know what to do. I do not know from good to bad as the king. People are going to try to manipulate me. God, if I could have one thing, this is what I asked for. A Shema heart that I can hear from you. That I can hear from you. And the word Shema means to hear, to hearken. I'm listening to you to know what to do. I got to hear from you in order for me to discern what's right and wrong. I love that. Because.
has the average person at Bethel Baptist Church, besides being at church on Sunday, didn't crack your Bible open all week long. You haven't heard from God. If you're not hearing from God, you will not have discernment. You got to hear from God. Because God, divinely skilled, is going to show you what's right and wrong. Well, I listened to Pastor Ferry. Yeah, that's great. You better listen to your pastor. But I want to tell you, you are a very non-discerning individual. If all you're getting from truth is from your preacher. Well, Brother Scheller, now listen. Oh, we're going to get into that in just a minute. Nope, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to talk about developing it in just a minute. But spiritual discernment desired. You know what? Solomon said, if I can have one thing, this is my heart's cry, that you would give me a hearing heart from you. You say, Brother Shelley, do you know what ended up happening to Solomon? Yeah, trust me, I know. You know what he stopped doing? He stopped listening to God. That's what he did wrong. If you tell me anything, well, he started getting too many wives. Yeah, you know why he got too many wives? He stopped listening to God. He started listening to his wives. And the Bible even says, and those wives took his heart away. You see, it's who you're going to hear and who you're going to listen to. Bethel Baptist, let me ask you, who are you listening to? Because if you're listening to social media, if you're listening to wrong sources, and you're not hearing from God every day, you are going to lack in discernment. Spiritual discernment desired. It takes humility. That's what Solomon had. It takes prayer. He prayed for this. Matter of fact, I do not know of a better verse for tonight than James 1.5. Do you? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally. you got to pray. Solomon prayed, God, give me a hearing heart that you speak to me and I know what you're saying and I respond to what you're saying to me. Spiritual discernment takes humility, it takes prayer, it takes desire. And you got to have a desire over psychology because some of you are really into this mind thinking stuff and it's hurting you. You got to have a desire over popularity. Well, I got to be accepted and I know you don't. You got to have biblical thinking. And you got to know what God's trying to say. You got to have desire over psychology, over popularity, over personal ideas and feelings. Whoa! Now, you can look at me and you can tell, boy, this Shetler guy, he's a pretty passionate guy. This guy's pretty emotional. I am. I got to tell you, I am. And my, I know, I know my emotions got me in some bad places. But you know what? God, when God saved me, he saved my emotions. I don't think it's anything wrong with being emotional. But there's something I've learned about emotions. There's something I've learned about feelings. Feelings make incredible engines, but they make terrible pilots. Now hear that. You can't do anything for God if you don't have an engine that's got some passion and emotion and feeling going. Feelings make incredible engines, but they make terrible drivers. Whatever you do, Bethel Baptist, do not put your feelings behind the steering wheel of your life. Because if you put feelings behind the steering wheel of your life, you are headed for an accident. Worse than texting and driving is living your life by your feelings and letting it guide you. Now, I'm all about feelings and emotions, man. We have lost passion. We need a church that gets passionate about things and gets emotional about things. 
But don't let those emotions be your drivers and behind the wheel. Okay, spiritual discernment defined, spiritual discernment desired. Last thing and we're done. Brother Shetler, this is good stuff. How do you develop this? Spiritual discernment developed. There's three ways you develop spiritual discernment. Number one, you search for truth daily. You search for truth daily. Now we're going to spell the word C, S-E-E, because that's what we got to do. We got to start seeing, right? So S stands for search for truth daily. Everyone, you got your Bible? You ready? I want you to turn to a passage. You got your Bible? Hold your Bible up. Everyone hold your Bible. You got your Bible? Hold your Bible up. Okay, here we go. You ready? Take your Bible. Turn to, you ready? Turn to Berea chapter 3, verse 4. Go. Berea chapter 3, verse 4. Chapter 3. Chapter 2, verse 4. I'm sorry. I said the wrong thing. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Berea chapter 2, verse 4. Nobody's turning. Why are none of you turning to the, to the book of First Berea? Why are you not turning to the book of First Berea? Why? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Did the city of Berea exist? Yes. Were there people called Bereans? Yes. Why is there not a book written to the church of Berea? Did, did Paul not like that church? Paul didn't need to write to the church of Berea because the church of Berea wasn't having any problems. Church of Corinth, you ever heard of that? They had a lot of problems. Thessalonica had the second coming all messed up. Philippi was all concerned about Paul. He doesn't have to write a letter to the church of Berea because they were more noble because they studied the scriptures every day. Take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 17. Turn, turn to Acts chapter 17. Listen to this. Acts chapter 17, I'm going to start reading to verse 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now listen to this. These were more noble then those, I'll tell you what, I, I mean, I don't know how you want to define noble. You can look it up. I'm telling you, more discerning is the idea here. More honorable because of the way that they saw the word. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. And why? In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And they searched the scriptures, everyone together, what's the next word? Daily. Whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Brother Shelley, my faith is waning. That's because you're not discerning. You're not in God's word. Okay, Brother Shelley, how do you develop this discernment that you're talking about, this divine skill of separating God's way from man's way? How do you develop this? Number one, you start searching the scriptures daily. And I'm telling you, that's what the Bible says right here. That's what they did. And you got to start doing it daily. It cannot be done once a week. You cannot crack your Bible open and read it for 10 minutes four times a week and become discerning. No, no, you got to get in the book. 
You've got to start studying God's word every day. I'm going to give you a couple things real quick on, on, on dynamic devotions. Number one, define a word every day of your life. I never read the Bible that I do not define one word at least. I never, I always stop and, and define words. Now, I got an app on my thing, and I have a Zodiades Bible. Yes, it's King James. But I got a Zodiades Bible that got all these definitions, with all these, the numbers with the word. Oh, I just love it. I'm defining words constantly. I always look up words because words are the key to understanding the passage. I taught sermon prep, a sermon preparation for young men. And I tell them, guys, you go through the passage and you write down every word that's important and you find out what the definition of that word is. You cannot understand the passage until you can understand the words. In my daily devotions, I always define words. Number two, I ask questions. I constantly am asking questions. Why is this in here? What is it rele relevance does it have for me today? What is the historical background? What is the context of this passage? You gotta ask questions about the passage. And then, and there's so many more things, but let me give you a third really quick. You always take a takeaway. There's always something that you take and you use it and you take it away and you go, that is what I needed for. That's a promise I'm claiming all day long today. That's a, that's a, that's a precept that I need to obey today. That's a principle that I'm going to implement into my life today. By the way, the book of Proverbs, that'll help you so much every day of your life. I really mean that. But if you're going to develop spiritual discernment, number one, you search for truth daily. Um, Oh, I don't have enough time. We got to go to E. E, embrace godly counsel and reproof. Okay, if you are going to begin to have the divine skill of separating God's way from man's way, you got to have some godly counselors. There's great maturity in this church. I don't know the people of this church that well. I know your pastor, and I want to tell you something. This Pastor Paul guy, this guy's, this guy's connected with God. There's other people in this church that have great, I think, spiritual. You know what you need? You need a multitude of counselors. You need some people, and maybe they're not in this church. You have some relatives. You have some other people in your life. You need godly counselors. And I'm looking, I'm looking at a lot of people that are over 60 in this room. I'm over 60. I have three men that any major decision in my life, I call them up and I, and I, and I talk to them. Brother Shelley, you're 60. You're around preaching all day. And I still need counseling. Let me tell you something. Every person in this room ought to have a multitude of counselors. Now, there are some people in this room that ought to be counselors. And you ought to tap into what you got in this room. You ought to tap in to some of you younger ones. If I'm a young parent and I'm not sure what I'm doing with these kids, I'm going to look at the product of some of these other parents in this room and I'm going to go talk to them. If you're going to ever develop discernment, you've got to embrace counsel. And then I'll tell you this, you've got to embrace reproof. Ooh, there are so many things I love about the millennials and Generation Z. And there are. They work together. They're not worried about getting credit. They just want God to get the glory. They're so collaborative. I just love, there's so many things about millennials and Generation Z I love. But I'll tell you one thing they don't do well with, and that's correction. If you're under 35 in this room, raise your hand. If you're under 35 in this room, raise your hand. I'm going to tell you something. I love you guys. Man, I've given my life for, for youth. But I'm telling you, you guys do not take reproof well. Oh, I was so hurt by what you said. Man, all I'm trying to do is help you, man. All I'm trying to do is help you. You can't.
cannot, de- you cannot develop the divine skill of separating good from bad without reproof. You gotta be able to receive reproof. You gotta be able to be corrected and not be so touchy and be so sensitive. You gotta, if you want discernment, you're gonna have to, you're gonna make stupid mistakes. And somebody's gonna, if they love you, they're gonna, by the way, lies is not love. We're letting people believe lies and we're saying, well, we love them. You don't love someone to lie to them. And there's people that you got to say something to because you do love them. Now, you do it in the right way. You do it at the right time. You do it in the right place. But there does have to be reproof if you're going to develop discernment. And then the third, and we're done. Exercise what you do know. Brother Shetler, I don't think I'm very discerning because I don't know the God's word that well. But you do know some. You know certain things that are right and wrong exercise what you know. Now, I know it's late, but this is the passage. If there's only one passage that you turn to, you got to turn to this one. Well, you didn't tell us earlier. I know, I know, but just turn to it now. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. This is the greatest passage in the Bible on discernment. I do love the Shema thing with, with Solomon, but this is the greatest passage in the Bible on discernment. Brother Shetler, I do want to have the divine skill of separating God's ways from man's way. How do I do it? All right, here it is. Hebrews 5, verse 11. Very end of the chapter. Of whom we have many things to say. But man, they're hard to be uttered. Seeing ye are, look at that. Everyone together, what's that? That ye are what? Dull of hearing. Man. There's so many things I wanted to teach you guys, but I can't. I truly believe that if pastor was very honest, I bet you pastor would say, man, there's so many messages I'd like to preach at Bethel, but they're just not there. I just couldn't. If I preach this, it split the church. If I said this, they're not there. They can't handle it. They're dull of hearing. Look at verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, Bethel Baptists, ye have need That one teach you, uh uh-oh, what's the next word? Again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. I got to keep giving them, I got to keep giving them milk. Because as soon as I give our people meat, they choke on it. They get all messed up. We got all kinds of division. They can't handle meat. I just got to baby feed them. I got to give them baby food. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. They can't, they can't handle it. Brother Shetler, why can't they? Yeah, 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 here it comes. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of a full age. Look that word up, teleastio. That's, that's mature. That means full grown. That means completed, done. That's what Jesus cried out when he says, it is finished. It's mature. It's done. It's complete. It's finished. Them that are of full age, even those who by reason of every person in this room, what's the next word? Who by reason of what? Use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, you all know what that word exercise is in the Greek. You know what the Greek word for exercise there is? Gymnasium. That is exactly transliterated word. Gymnasium. The word exercised is the word gymnasium. What do you do in a gym? 
So I close with this story. What if I were to tell you that I'm a member of a fitness club? Some of you would say, he ain't getting his money's worth, man. (laughs) What if I told you I went to this fitness club six days a week? Sundays, I go to church, don't do it. I go to the fitness place six days a week. And you're looking at me, and you're going, I don't think this, man, I don't, what are you there for, five minutes? I go to my fitness club, and I am in that fitness club from 5.30 to 7 o'clock in the morning, every morning, six days a week, hour and a half. Brother Shetler, what do you do there? I walk around. I walk around. And do what? I walk around. Brother Shetler, you go to the fitness club every day, 5.30 to 7, six days a week. Okay, six days a week. 5.30 to 7, you go. Yeah. Six days a week. And all you do for an hour and a half is you walk around the machines. That's right. Do you ever stop and use one of the machines? Oh, no. Don't touch them. I never touch the machine. Do, do, you, go to the, do you go to the free weights and pick them up and use them? No, never touched them. I've never touched them. One time have I ever touched them. Brother Shetler, you're doing this every day? And you just walk around the machines and you never use them? No, I never use them. Brother Shallow, can I just share this with you? You're wasting your money. Nothing is ever going to happen until you start exercising with the machines. And I say to you, Bethel Baptist, you tell me seven days a week, you spend 45 minutes reading the Bible. Seven days a week. Every day I'm reading God's word, Brother Shetler. Who cares? Brother Shetler, who cares? Guys, let me just tell you this. Last thing you're going to hear from Shetler's mouth, here we go. It doesn't matter how much Bible you read. It's how much Bible you do. I would rather have an individual know one Bible verse and live it than someone that could quote me the whole New Testament and never lives it. If you do not exercise the word of God in your life, you are dull of hearing and you are not discerning. There are people in this room that probably know the Bible better than I do. There are probably people in this room that could ask me Bible questions I can't give you answers to. You know what, gang? Let me just tell you. It's not how much of the Bible you know. It's how much that Bible has taken over in your life that matters. And I'm going to tell you, you know how why we haven't, you know why we're not discerning any longer? We don't know and we don't exercise God's word in our life. I'll tell you what, every day of your life, you find something in God's word that you can live that day. Far better to read one verse and live it than to have read five chapters and not gotten one thing out of it. They are dull of hearing and they got to be given milk. Not because they didn't know the Bible. 
It's because they never exercise. They never use the Bible. And you do not. We have a, a church today in America. I don't live in Canada. I don't know. But we have a church in America today that I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of churches that just love eating the Bible. But they don't do anything with it in their lives. They're not exercising the word of God. And there's no discernment in the church in the States. The, the discernment in the church in the States is so waning. So what's going to happen at Bethel Baptist? Spiritual discernment defined. The divine skill of separating God's way from man's way. Spiritual discernment desired. God, give me a Shema heart that I hear from you every day. That I know what you want. And then spiritual discernment develop. Search for the truth daily. Embrace godly counsel and reproof. And exercise what you do know. Every person in this auditorium, you're not in church on Sunday night and don't know a lot of the Bible. I don't care how much you know. How much are you living? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many would be willing to say tonight, God, I am not a discerning believer. I know a bunch of verses, but I am not have this divine skill. I've got things. I don't even know if I should buy this car or not. I don't even know if we should sell this property or not. I don't even know what treatment to take. God, I can't discern anything in my life. I can't make a decision because I'm not discerning. And God, I want this divine skill with the ability to separate God, your way, from man's way, from my way, from my feelings. I don't know how to discern the two. And God, I desire this discernment. I'm a 15-year-old girl. And God, I want discernment for my life. I don't want to get into a relationship that could mess my life up. Lord, I'm a 50-year-old man. And there's things happening in our world and in my life right now I never thought I'd face. And I just don't know what way is your way and what way is man's way. And God, I want to start searching the word daily. I need to get some counselors. I need to get some godly men and women in my life that can reprove me and that can counsel me. And Lord, what this guy has said tonight, there's verses I know that I don't exercise. Look not on a woman to lust after her. I know it, but I don't live it. And you're losing your discernment because of pornography. Forgive one another and be not bitter towards them. And because of your bitterness, you can't see straight any longer. That bitterness is affecting every relationship in your life. And you won't forgive them. You know what the Bible says. You know what you need to do. But you won't do it. And now it's affecting every area of your life. Some of you worry all the time. Fret not. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer. You're not doing that. You're, you know Philippians 4, 6, but you're not living by it. And that worry and that doubt is affecting every area of your life. How many of you would be willing to stand to their feet? I'm not even asking you to come down. Willing to stand to your feet to say, Dear God, I want to hear from you every day. God, I want, I am making a commitment 
to be daily in the word. Oh, I'm going to forget this day or forget that. I'm going to fall. I'm not making this perfect 100% commitment thing, but Lord, I'm back in the word. And it's not about just 45 minutes of reading. God, I'm going to do what this guy said tonight. I want to get in the word. I want to study it. I want to define words. And Lord, if I miss a day here or there, my life now is going to be studying the scriptures and living them. And by God's grace, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some counselors. And I'm going to take some reproof. You know, I'm 62, and I just don't take reproof well. And God, my wife can't say anything to me. My, my, my parents can't say anything to me. My children say stuff to me and I just, I get all ups. And you know what? I'm going to start listening to the reproof. I'm going to start studying God's word every day. And I'm going to exercise something. I'm going to take something. I'm going to exercise it. If that is your desire tonight and you're willing to make a commitment yeah, oh, the just man falleth seven times. I'm not saying that you're going to be perfect for the rest of your life. But you're going to be willing to make a commitment. You know what? Make the commitment for a week or a month. Say, God, I'm standing to my feet to develop discernment in my life. I was told very practically how to do this tonight. And I want to make a commitment to it. And God, I'm going to make this commitment for seven days. And I'm going to do, I'm going to make this commitment for one month. I'm going to make this commitment to the end of the year. If it goes well, and I, and I feel like I'm, I'm, de I'm developing that divine skill, I want to keep going. But Lord, I'm not, I want to make that commitment right now for the next two months, for the next week, for the next month. I want to commit to what was said tonight, and I want to start doing it. If that's your desire, could you stand to your feet right now? Could you say, God, this is what I want. I want this kind of discernment in my life. I want the divine skill to be able to separate good, your way from, from, from man's way. And I'm willing to commit to the things that I heard tonight and not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Father, I pray for everyone that is standing right now. God, help them have spiritual discernment in their life. And I believe that they're praying that right now. I don't know if, if their commitment is for a week a month, two months, or if they said the rest of their life. I don't know. But God, give them encouragement. Give them something specific. Get them back into the word. And I pray that everyone that is standing will be committed to what they heard tonight on how to develop discernment. And we'll give you the praise and glory. Father, the future of this church is dependent upon godly discernment. And I think it's got to be more than just pastor. Lord, may there be a flock that are discerning believers. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Could you all stand to your feet and pastor, it's all yours.